Hey folks, I know it's been a long time, but I swapped from the Matthews Bible to the Peshitta Simple Bible, the Aramaic Bible by George Lamsa. Anyway, I'm going to read from that and some of the Apostolic Fathers with Barnabas, but we're going to start in Genesis 9-8. This is talking about the covenant of the rainbow. Genesis 9-8, it says, And God spoke to Noah and to his sons with him, saying, As for me, behold, I will establish my covenant with you and with your descendants after you, and with every living creature that is with you, the fowl or birds, the cattle, and every wild beast of the earth with you, with all that come out of the ark and with every beast of the earth. And I will establish my covenant with you so that never again shall all flesh perish by the waters of a flood. Neither shall there any more be a flood to destroy the earth. Verse 12, And God said to Noah, This is the sign of the covenant which I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for perpetual generations. I sat my rainbow in the clouds, and it shall be for a sign of a covenant between me and the earth. And it shall come to pass when I bring the clouds over the earth that the rainbow shall be seen in the clouds. Verse 15, And I will remember my covenant which is between me and you and every living creature that is with you of all flesh. And the waters shall no more become a flood to destroy all flesh. And the rainbow, or bow, shall be in the clouds, and I will look upon it as a remembrance of the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is upon the earth. And God said to Noah, This is the sign of the covenant which I have established between me and all the flesh that is upon the earth. Verse 18, The sons of Noah who went forth out of the ark were Shem and Ham and Japheth, and Ham is the father of Canaan. All right, let me just load the second page. And this is going to Revelation 9-11, or Apocalypse 9-11, Revelation, whichever. It says, And they had a king or ruler over them, who was the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in Hebrew is Abad-du, but in Greek his name Apollyon, in Latin Exterminator. And this is available on the Catholic public domain, verse 10. Revelation 9:16. And the number of the army of the horsemen was 200,000 thousand, or 200 million. I heard the number of them. Verse 917, And thus I saw the horses in the vision, and those who sat on them, and they had breastplates of fire, of jansith, and of brimstone. And the heads of the horses were like the heads of lions, and out of their mouths issued fire and smoke and brimstone. And by these three plagues was the third part of men slain by the fire. Number one, and by the smoke, two, and by the brimstone, three, which issued out of their mouths. Revelation 9.19, For the power of the horses was in their mouths and in their tails. For their tails were like serpents, 
and had hands and with them they do harm. 920. And the rest of the men who were not killed by these plagues neither repented of the works of their hands, that is to say, the worship of devils and idols, of gold and silver and brass and stone and of wood which can neither see nor hear. And in parentheses, things made by the Creator or humans worship, worshiping what they have created, which are worldly things, churches, buildings, beauty, jewelry, you name it. 9.21, nor repented of their murders, nor of their witchcraft, nor of their fornication, nor of their thefts. Revelation 10.1, and I saw another mighty angel coming down from heaven, clothed with a cloud, and the rainbow of the cloud was upon his head, and his face was as though it were the sun, and his legs and his legs as pillars of fire. And he had in his hand a little book open, and he set his right foot on the land, and cried with a loud voice as when a lion roars. And when he had cried, seven thunders sounded their voices. After these things I looked and beheld, behold, a door was open in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up here, and I will show you the things which must come to pass. And immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne, and he who sat resembled a stone, a the builders rejected, of course, the cornerstone was Jesus Christ of Jasper and Sardox, and round about the throne was a rainbow resembling emeralds. Okay. And then let's go to the epistle of Barnabas. This kind of coincides. This is the episode, episode of Barnabas. Um, I think it's uh, chapter 6. It says, to begin with, there are three positions of the Lord. The hope of life is the first and last of our faith. Titus 1-2 says, in the hope of eternal life, which the true God promised ages ago, Titus 3-7, that being justified by his grace we should be made heirs to the hope of eternal life. And then a note in Barnabas, it says, Early Christianity was properly aware of the value of the three theological virtues, faith, hope, and love. The first, literally the beginning, through hope of life, humans are attracted to the faith. Polycarp 1.3 says, you never saw him and yet believe in him with sublime and inexplicable joy, a joy which many desire to experience. Verse 3.3, a faith which is the mother of us all. Of holiness is the first and last of the judgment. Holiness, or right living, the keeping of the commandments, justification, since either from the time whom or seeing that inasmuch as I spoke to you, holiness, the Greek word means fundamentally what is right. Love, which radiates genuine happiness, is the testimony 
of a holy life. In Barnabas 1.7, it said, The fact is, the Master has made known to us through the prophets the past and present and given us a foretaste of the future. And so when we see these things are by one becoming actual fact, just as he said, we ought to be all the more generous and inspired in our effort to advance in the fear of him. Verse one eight it says, But I will not in the capacity of a teacher, but as one of you, suggest a few things to cheer you in the present situation. Verse two one Well then the times are evil, the agent that is of evil, the evil power at work in Ephesians two two in which you previously walked according to the course of this world and according to the supreme ruler of the air, the spirit which is active in the children of disobedience, Ephesians 6.12, for your conflict is not only with flesh and blood, but also with the angels and with powers, with the rulers of this world of darkness and with the evil spirits under the heavens. And then we reference 2 Thessalonians 2, 9, 10, 11, and 12. Even he whose coming is due to the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders and with all deceitfulness of unrighteousness in those who perish because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved thereby. For this reason God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie that all who did not believe in the truth but preferred unrighteousness might be damned. Revelation 12.9 or the Apocalypse 12.9, it says, Thus the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil, and Satan who deceives the whole world. He was cast out on the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Back to Barnabas 12.1 continued, And the agent is in the ascendant, and so we ought to watch over ourselves and search into the just demands of the Lord. Barnabas 2.2, the auxiliaries of our faith and fear and patient endurance, our allies are long-suffering and self-control. And therefore, as long as these remain intact in all that concerns the Lord, All that concerns the Lord, Lord. Sorry. Wisdom, understanding, insight, and knowledge will be happy to join join their company. Barnabas four one. We certainly have the revelation he made to us through all the prophets, inspired writer or spokesman. To this effect, he needs neither sacrifices nor whole burnt offerings nor oblations. Barnabas 6.1, these things then he has superseded. Barnabas, and this is a note, Barnabas' main contention that in the relation between the Old Testament and the New is that of promise and of fulfillment. Jeremiah 31.31, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Matthew 5.17, do not suppose that I have come to weaken the law or the prophets. I have not come to weaken, but to fulfill.
Barnabas 6.1 continued, It was intended that the new law of our Lord Jesus Christ should dispense with yoke and compulsion, and that its oblation should not be a man-made one. Note, the new law, the law of love, is written in John 13.34, A new commandment I give you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you, that you also love one another. And then in 1 John 2, 7, My beloved, I do not write a new commandment to you, but an old commandment to you, but an old commandment which you had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you have already heard. And then Barnabas's note says, The ceremonial law was a yoke forced upon the Jews by a bad angel. According to Origen, the Mosaic Law was intended as a disciplinary measure, a means of punishment and correction. The Law of Christ is a law of freedom, as we read in James 1.25, but whoever looks into the perfect law of liberty and abides in it is not merely a hearer of the word which can be forgotten, but a doer of the work, and this man shall be blessed in his labor." The Christian oblation is not a man-made one because both the offerer and the gift offered are divine. 1 Corinthians 5, 7 says, Clean out, therefore, the old leaven, so that you may be a new lump. Just as you are unleavened for our Passover is Christ, who was sacrificed for our sake. Hebrews 9, 11 says, But Christ, who had come, became the high priest of, of the good things which he wrought, and he entered into a greater and more perfect tabernacle, which was not made by hands and was not of this world. Back to Barnabas 9.1. Since then, we are not devoid of understanding. We ought to appreciate our Father's kindly purpose. He speaks to us from a desire that we should find out how we are to approach him without going astray as they did. And another note of Barnabas, the Jews going astray. The Jews hoped that the rebuilding of the temple would lead to a revival of the Jewish religion. Barnabas 10.1 says, To us, therefore, he speaks as follows, A sacrifice pleasing to the Lord is a broken spirit, an aroma pleasing to the Lord is a heart that glorifies its makers. Psalms 50.19 you have given your mouth to evil, and your tongue speaks deceit. Psalm fifty twenty. You sit and speak against your brother. You slander your own mother's son. Fifty twenty two. Now understand this, O you who forget God, lest you be crushed, and there be none to deliver. Fifty twenty three. Whosoever offers the sacrifice of thanksgiving glorifies me, and to him will I show the way of the salvation of our God. Barnabas says, Hence it is our duty, brethren, to be scrupulously scrupulously exact in the matter of salvation. Otherwise, the evil one will cause error to creep stealthily and hurl us off the path that leads to our life. In Polycarp chapter 6, it says, As knowing that we are all under a debt of sin, if then we entreat the Lord to forgive us, we also ourselves forgive forgive and that's a reference to Romans 14:10 through 12 and then the 2 Corinthians 5:10 it says for we must all 
stand before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may be rewarded according to that which he has done with his body, whether it be good or bad. 5.11, it says, Knowing therefore the fear of our Lord, we try in a persuasive way to win men, so that we are very well understood by God, and I trust we are also understood by you. And those are the first two letters that I have on this new podcast. More will come, and I do thank you for listening, and all the power and glory goes to our almighty creator God through Jesus Christ, our Messiah and Savior. He is the only way. He's the cornerstone of our spiritual church. He is the headstone of our spiritual church. He's the teacher He's our doctor. He's our physician. He is the only way. And through his apostles and disciples that have written the true word of our Lord, and not through men, through churches made of men's hands, but of a spiritual church, I pray that you all will believe and pray to our God and not forsake our Holy Spirit which is the life rope to pull heaven towards us so that we may gain understanding. In Jesus Christ's name, amen.